My name's Yvonne, and I'm a very grateful member of Al-Anon. And before I get into this uh, saga of what it was like with sweet old Bob, um, I want to be sure to ask all the, uh, thank all those that uh, made it possible for Bob and I to come back here. Uh, we feel uh, very honored that you asked us back to your convention, and you have a, uh, a beautiful state. Talk a little funny, but you've got a beautiful state. <laughs> Um, I'll share one other thing before I go into what it was like and what happened and what it's like now, parts one and two. Uh, last night when we got back from the meeting, uh, the light was beeping in our room. And uh, when I called, there was a message that uh, we had become grandparents last night. And uh, our daughter who lives in Idaho had her first little boy. And uh, this makes three boys for us. And uh, I really, uh, I was very filled last night and very grateful. And, uh, and it helped me get my mind off of today. Okay, I, um, I grew up, uh, I'm a native Californian and I grew up in, uh, in a fantasy world. I spent as much time as I could in the movies uh, because life seemed so wonderful there. Uh, I don't, uh, all I knew about alcoholism in my family was there, uh, there was an uncle who, uh, his behavior when he drank at family functions, my father disapproved of and most other people were uncomfortable around. So all I knew about drinking is you must behave yourself. You must uh, act polite. Don't embarrass anybody. You know, keep a low profile. And uh, then that was verified for me by, uh, by the movies. And all I wanted was to grow up and uh, live the kind of life that uh, Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers had. Uh, and, and they drank, they had a cocktail, they were socially acceptable, and uh, that was okay with me. So my, um, my growing up was uh, not what you call in reality. Um, my life really began, you know, when I got married. Um, it was an average childhood. No big trauma, no ups, no downs. I mean, it was just there. I was never, uh, I always thought it would be better when I grew up. It's got to be more exciting than it is now. And uh, I thought I'll go off into the sunset and uh, have money, property, and prestige, right? And um, I was 18 when I met sweet old Bob. And um, he looked okay. And uh, he went to the bars. And, uh, but it was a nightclub, and, uh, you know, that was what they did in the movie, so that was okay, too. You know, this was like, okay, now it's a chance for the fast lane. And uh, we got married, and uh, my script changed. Uh, now it was supposed to be you fade out of the bars, the cocktails, and uh, you move into a house with a picket fence and a station wagon, and uh, you play that role. And... Um, Bob didn't read my script, which uh, actually, uh, Bob and I have been married 32 years. And I got to tell you, he read very few of my scripts in 32 years. Uh, some of them I gave to him, some of them he, you know, I kept in my head. And uh, so I was ready to have the picket fence and the, and the children and the whole bit. And uh, Bob liked his drinking. Uh, he was a bar drinker because he loved the fellowship in the bars. And uh, actually, our marriage was um, 
it would have been all right with me, everything but the drinking, you know. Uh, I just, just didn't feel it was socially acceptable to be drunk all the time. I just didn't care for it. So um, we had fights a lot. We argued about his drinking from day one. Uh, I am a controller. I was willing to go to any length, uh, cut him off at the pass, uh, do anything I can. Uh, and because of my disease of, um, I'll fix you, I'll make you better, uh, I had to make sure that I didn't make any mistakes. And uh, I was the living example in this household of what it should be like. And uh, that takes a lot of hard work. Makes you very rigid, makes you very judgmental. And, uh, but I thought this was my job. He had great potential, let's put it that way. And uh, I figured if I could just get him whipped up that uh, we could go off into the sunset together. You know, I was willing to accept a few character defects, but certainly not drinking. And uh, while I'm uh, trying to control him, uh, and we are not fighting all the time, I gotta tell you, uh, we have five children, and um, I, I, you know, there were five, there were five girls, and they're all grown now, thank God. Um, there was, uh, I, I missed a lot of the kids uh, growing up because um, my husband has the obsession for booze, and I had the obsession for him. So it's very difficult to keep yourself spread out evenly so that you can uh, give a little to the kids, give a little to the household, and keep hold of him. Now, uh, my husband's brother had six children, and he didn't drink, and he had hobbies. So I figured I got it mixed. Do you want to make an announcement? There's an emergency phone call. That's for Pat H. Morgan from Lexington. I have the phone number here. If she's in here, she has an emergency phone. So I decided that uh, if Bob had hobbies, uh, he would keep himself from, you know, we wouldn't have to be in the bar all the time. He could rush home and do these hobbies and feel good, and I'd feel good. So I said about any time he would say, gee, it'd be fun to, uh, Mother Chicken here ran out and bought whatever he mentioned. Now we have um, a never-used bow and arrow. Uh, we have a, uh, a kit of the FF Cutty Sark, never used. Uh, we had a coin collection, and I went out and I bought the best coin collection you could see. There were books that folded and unfolded, and there were manuals to go with it. And uh, he just couldn't miss on this one. And uh, never used. Uh, about six months after he, um, that I bought this little hobby for him, I had the occasion to be out in the trunk of his car, and there, fully collected, was a coin collection that he had bought from his bartender. So I thought, okay, well, we'll move on. Um, then he said it'd be fun to paint. And so uh, I ran out and I bought him the most expensive paint kit you've ever seen in your life. Nothing is too good for him. Now I know that if I'd have been buying it for myself, I would have bought a paint by number. But I mean, I really wanted him to be good. Um, I ended up painting a picture, he never did. Uh, one of the last is um, 
the closest thing Bob had to a hobby was when he barbecued, he used to uh, take his BB gun and shoot at the beer can. And uh, I thought I'd, I'd dress this up a little bit and turn it into a real hobby. And uh, so I bought a little machine and it had paper ducks and it had uh, uh, targets, and they used to go round and round like in the fair. And uh, he hated it. He had more fun shooting the bear can. Now, through all this, it never occurred to me to get a hobby. Never. Uh, I didn't have time for a hobby. You know, actually, Bob was my hobby. So. Uh, I would just keep trying. I never gave up. I mean, I was exhausted, but I never gave up. Um, these five children were pussing along, and uh, I'm sure uh, when, when we got to the program, uh, I was brand new on the program, when there was an article in uh, the Seventeen magazine, and uh, it was titled, it was about alcoholism, it was titled, uh, I, know what's, uh, I Know Dad's Sick, What's Wrong With Mom? And... Uh, that was it. I was the one yelling and screaming and carrying on. Uh, if there are any newcomers to the program, and if you have a doubt about alcoholism being a family disease, I must tell you, for me, I was the one that was violent, I'm the one that was institutionalized, and I'm the one that took the geographic, and folks, I don't drink. So it is a family disease. Uh, the violence, it was no big deal. I was not a daily violent person, I want you to know. Uh, Bob, because he was the recipient of the violence, uh, will probably at 2 o'clock go a little in, more into what I did to him. But it was only three times. Um, and when I listened to uh, the lady the other night, Willie B, and then she had the snakes, I thought, boy, did I miss that. Um, I used to do things like, um, uh, I ran out of room spray, and, uh, you know, towards the end there, it, it's coming out there bored. I mean, he was a daily drinker, and he just kind of smelled at all times. And I ran out of room spray that I used to spray when he'd lay down in that bed next to me. And uh, the best thing that ever happened to me, because I got a little fun in there, so all I had was hairspray, scented hairspray. And I used to spray that sucker when he passed out. I mean, the one I didn't wake up sticky, I mean, I just had him covered. Um, I, uh, I ended up in the hospital uh, because of his drinking. Uh, I had been uh, slowly going downhill. I had tried all my hobbies. I had tried the geographic of running away. And um, unfortunately, I took all five kids with me. Um, I, I tried everything. I was running out of, of things to do to get his attention, to see what he was doing to us. And uh, I became sicker and sicker. And um, the doctor uh, termed it a, a slight nervous breakdown. After I got to this program, i got to be honest, um, I really, it was a slight breakdown, but what it really was, I think, was a giant tantrum. You know, I wanted him to see what he was doing to me. Now, the, the crazy part of that is that uh, the whole time this doctor is treating me uh, and doing the ulcer bit and all the rest, I, I never once told him 
that Bob's drinking was driving me crazy. And, and that's where, you know, we go back and forth. Because, you see, if I told him how much I, I hated Bob's drinking, he might think badly of me. He might think I'm a bozo for staying there. Uh, he certainly might judge Bob. And uh, Bob was quite active in Santa Monica and uh, uh, worked in Santa Monica. And I had to cover up, you know, I had to do the lines for customers because it meant money. And uh, so I never told what was wrong with me. They just carted me off to the hospital. And uh, that's another story Bob will tell you. I mean, I thought, now he'll see, you know. But what I find out that it kind of ended up with a, a tie there. And uh, my, you know, it, my sponsor, keep it simple. I like it. I don't have to get into big deals. I had to learn that on this program, every time I come up with, say, 10 good points, 10, that I want to discuss with him, that I want to prove a point with him. By the time I share them with my sponsor or anyone on the program, I'm down to maybe half of one that I might have to discuss with him because it becomes unnecessary. And I had to learn, you know, it's like the guy that uh, you go out to Palm Springs, which is in our area, a very hot desert, and in your suitcase, you're loaded with all your ski clothes. It's inappropriate for Palm Springs to have ski clothes. Well, when I came in here, and what I called communication up here was inappropriate. And I had to learn through you people to change my attitude, change my thinking, to give you all a chance to share what works and what doesn't work. And so we kind of fussed around there that first three years. We wanted the same thing, but it was, you know, it was hard work. But I have to remember that marriage is hard work whether you have alcoholism, a lot of giving and taking. And so we, we pushed along and we did very well. It's like we got there eventually. Now the, um, the five children, the five brownies grew up. And um, we had had some trouble in the beginning years of Bob's sobriety with one daughter. Uh, it was, well, between 13 and 16. Big them up when they're 17. Um, she did not have the allergy to, uh, but the peer pressure got her into some trouble. And we walked through that. And uh, because of the people on the program sharing with us how to go through with children, getting involved in drugs and everything else. And then we went along and it was all, you know, it wasn't a bad deal, ups and downs. The one thing I know for sure on this program, you know, nothing stays, it's different all the time and that's terrific because I don't want to be in a vacuum, you know. Change is good. And, uh, and you teach me when there's a new thing that comes up, you teach me how to react to that. And most of my problems now are the same. They just come wrapped in different packages so I overreact until I get the package open. And I'm right back to my same thing, me, how I react. You know, an attitude of gratitude is what I need all the time. So as these kids started growing up, and um, we did okay. Long about uh, 17th or 18th year of our marriage, because of you people, because of my higher power and the willingness, for the first time in my life, I fell in love with my husband. I didn't know what love was before. I really didn't. Uh, I get excited when I see my husband. You know, I get a little chill. I like him. He's my, you know, I trust him. To be able to trust and to love and to like. So we have a good marriage. I have no complaints on my marriage. Uh, we trudge. 
and that's okay, that's only human. He screws up occasionally. <laughs> Me, just sometimes. I've been around longer than he has, so I... Um, this last year has not been what I call one of my uh, red banner years. Um, I've had better. The last uh, nine or ten months, there's been a lot of trudging. We could laugh through it, but it's been difficult. Uh, two years ago, uh, our number four daughter, uh, who is an addict, alcoholic addict, whichever you want to put first, uh, we had to ask her to leave our home. Uh, because of this program, I knew I did not have to live like this, nor did I have to watch another human being kill themselves. I did not, uh, I, I knew without a doubt that uh, protection doesn't work. You know, if protection worked, I would have had sold bots over years ago. Now, doing the right thing is hard to do. We knew we had to ask her to leave. I had to let go and know that she could end up dead, that she could kill somebody else in a car accident. She could end up under the pier in Santa Monica. But she had to have been given back the dignity and the right to do whatever it is she had to do and we had to get on with our lives. So she was gone, and we hadn't seen her for about two or three months when she called, and her boyfriend had had it with her, and uh, he asked her to get out, and she was willing to go to any lengths to straighten up a, a relationship. And so she asked if uh, she could go to a 12-step woman's house, and uh, she went into a family house in Los Angeles. It's a house with uh, 16 women recovering. And uh, she was there about nine months, I guess, about that. And uh, using on weekends when she would get out, and I didn't know that. When she left that recovery house, um, I had the feeling that she wasn't really clean and sober. And I had to let go of that. And it's a heck of a lot easier to release when you don't see them. And so we did not see her for quite a while, for about six months. And then uh, we had some problems at home that she had broken in and she had stole our checkbook. And uh, she was 14 on age. And uh, we had to turn her in. And that's not easy when you have to sign the papers. But this is part of, uh, she had to be willing to go, there's responsibility to drinking and using too. And uh, then uh, she was on a fast roll for about two months after that. And, uh, was running around using charge accounts without any charge accounts. She was on a fast roll. And I had to keep turning her over to a power greater than myself. And uh, we signed all the papers and I went to the police department and I said, she's going to kill herself or somebody else won't you stop her. And uh, the police department said, I'm sorry, we've got bigger ones to catch than this. And they couldn't do it. And uh, last December 31st, Paul was in a part of Los Angeles that a young 24-year-old girl is not in, unless you're making a drug deal. She had stole our car. We were out of town, and she had stole our car, her father's car. And she lost control of it on the highway, and she killed a man. And they took her off jail. And they had to put her in the county lockup hospital ward because she was so injured. She will be crippled. And uh, you think, oh, it won't happen to you. Well, why me? And i got to be honest, for all the years, and thank God I've been around all these years, because uh, I didn't
didn't have to say, hey, y'all, then why me? Why not me? I know from the toes on up that there's been an alcoholic addict out on the street that hasn't come this close to killing somebody else. And they didn't set out that night to kill anybody. They only set out that night to have a good time, to feel better. I am so grateful that I have the understanding of alcoholism and that I believe that it's a disease, that it's a threefold disease. I watched some parents come into Al-Anon and I really hurt for them because they have no grasp of the threefold disease and the allergy of it. And I do. And she went into that hospital and uh, that's not easy. Um, and, and jail is just like it is in the movies, folks. They didn't exaggerate that, you know. Um, we chose not to bail her out. She has no insurance, so she's a ward of the county. Uh, we went down to see her, and she's had to have quite a few surgeries. They transferred her after seven weeks out of the hospital into the civil branch, the Institute for Women. And uh, I went down to see her, and that's not easy looking through that glass and talking to your daughter on the telephone. You don't want it to be like this. But it is, and she has a disease, and she has choices. And after she's been in for a total of about seven and a half, eight weeks, a 12-step house was willing to take her in. She'd been clean and sober, in jail. And so we went down and we bailed her out, and we took her to the 12-step house. She now has six and a half months of sobriety, and I am really impressed with the six and a half months of sobriety she has. I like this daughter. I've always liked her. I hate the disease. You know, I hate what it does. And it's a heck of a lot easier to call your husband an SOB, to hate it, to yell and to scream. But sometimes there's a fine line when you're the parent, you know. But I have to treat it the same way, and I have to talk to people right away. Because if I leave in my head those tapes going of how I feel, I'm going to get in trouble. Because it gets out of proportion. Way out of proportion. And I have to talk about it. And then I'm reminded on a daily basis, sometimes on an hourly basis, you know, about the disease and about how powerless I am. I cannot change anything. Her gift of sobriety is hers. And hopefully she'll make it. Monday when I go back to California, she has her first appearance in the Superior Court. And uh, she's eligible for up to eight years. And I got to turn that over too, you know. Uh, whatever it will be, it will be. I'm just very grateful that she has the time in Alcoholics Anonymous and the time in the 12-step house to get the inner, if she chooses, the inner peace to be able to handle whatever it is she has to handle. She has a lot of surgery to go through because she is crippled, you know. I never hear her complain about that. And I'm impressed. She's very glad to be alive. And so we've got some bad disease in our house. We also have, now this daughter, Paula, and the youngest daughter, Kelly, were four and five years old when we got to this program. Now to show you, they were raised in an AA Al-Anon house. That's all our friends. That's our life. But 
If another human being has the allergy to alcohol, nothing, even tying them to the bedpost isn't going to change it. You have to give them the right and dignity to do what they've done. Kelly, our youngest, had the obsession of another alcoholic addict. And she had to do her number. For three years, she had to go through what she had to go through, trying to fix, having the mistaken sense of responsibility for another human being. Now, she didn't want Alan on. She kept saying, that's for you, Mom. So all I could do was carry the message and show that in my attitude, how I handle it. And uh, finally, we reached the point where Bob and I sit down, and there's a new thing they talk about in Alan on an AA. It's a new uh, intervention. Um, we sat down and we told her if she had some choices, would that help? And we offered to send her wherever she wanted to go. And uh, she said, I'll go. And so she lived in Maui for two years working. And that was the way she could relate. And she had kind of a tough time because she kept saying, you hung in and it worked out. And I had to share that not everybody. Sometimes, you know, you hang in and it works out and you're a success. And there are those that become successes when they leave the marriage. You know, there's all kinds of successes. And you don't have to hang in until you are wiping the ground. And so she has let go. She is back now going to school. And, uh, and we're happy about that. And the young man she's going with is not an alcoholic. Yes, or whatever. I mean, who knows? So to me it shows, you know, these two youngest, because the two youngest daughters had the best parents out of the five. You know, we had a program. We wanted something together. But that allergy or that obsession for another human being, you cannot take away from someone. You can give them the information. And they might not have to go to any length before they reach their bottom. But you have to love them and accept them just the way they are. My life today, because of what you have given me, you gave me the ability to trust because you trusted me first when I couldn't trust anybody. You loved me when I didn't know what love was, so now I can love. You gave me the ability to be happy most of the time. I love in the big book, joyous and free. Happy, joyous and free, I love it. Humor is a big part of our family life and our program. You gotta laugh, because let's face it, we do really funny things. I mean, we're not what you call too tightly wrapped. I love laughter, you know. Sometimes I think uh, the Alanons get a little too serious there. My uh, the group's like, you know, we're in there really, my God. All of a sudden we become aware we were saints all this time while they were drinking. We were so wonderful, and everybody told us how wonderful we were. You know, and then you get there, and uh, you find out you've got a few character defects. And you can learn to live with those, you know. And uh, this is a threefold disease. Well, for me, it's a threefold recovery. Because I have to have meetings, I have to have the literature, and I have to have the telephone. And another thing that's very important to me is sponsorship. Because I can't do anything on my own. I need one-to-one. So you've given me all these things, and when I got here, you said you can't keep it unless you give it away. And boy, that's why I keep coming back, because what you have given me, that on a daily basis, I am comfortable most of the time. I want to keep it that way, so I have to give it away. And I would...
doesn't leave you for anything. All our friends are AAs and alcoholics. AA that okay. Alan is an alcoholic. You know, I like to surround the fire. We love convention. Uh, I love it even better when I'm not participating, you know. It's so nice when it's over to look around. You know, today we have, uh, this week we have met some really new people. The sharing at the meeting has been really, you know, every meeting you go to, you can walk away with something. I never, ever have walked away from a meeting, even if it's just tolerant. I can learn that. I've got a daughter that's, uh, we've got a daughter, one that's in ACA, and I'm seeing she's changing her attitude. We have another daughter in Al-Anon. She's new to that. Then we've got Paula, and we've got one just hanging around out there, kind of loose. I don't know what she is. So, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'm grateful that you're here. I'm very grateful my husband was an alcoholic because I wouldn't have had any other way to go except whining the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm grateful for all these rooms, and I will keep coming back because I want to keep everything you've given me. Thank you very much.